Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you gave my ransom, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to talk a little bit this morning out of Genesis 26, 18. The Bible says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had Called them. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Redig the Wells. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for each person who's here. And Lord, I pray that you'd let us set aside the thoughts in our mind and the cares of this life and hear from you today. God, I ask you now to speak to us by your spirit from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, nice graphic, Rick. Um, who Or whoever. Yeah, you taking credit for that? Good man. Uh, he's trying not to talk because he's running a camera. I don't care nothing about being on that camera. <laughs> uh, but redig the well. Somebody say, do it again. If you learn this concept today, it can help you in so many areas. Do it again. What worked before still works now. You just got to do it again. Listen, I see all these fads and, and things that, that come out. Uh, how many of y'all remember when P90X was big? Beach body videos, all these different workout plans. How about that, that dude, that little sissy, uh, what was his name? Richard Simmons dancing around in short shorts, exposing himself to the world. Uh, that's not a good image. Um, but all these different trendy uh, workout plans and selling videos and uh, how about how about my my guy the the boxer um, Billy Blanks uh, Tebow Tybo uh, all these different things you're supposed to listen I'm gonna tell you what you want to know where the people get in the best shape of their life it ain't in the gym anybody want to take one guess now I'm talking about where you get in the best physical shape of your life. Mm. You go do a bit in county jail for about a year. I'm telling you, go do five years down in Lake City. You come back. Look at Mike Tyson before he went to prison and after he came out. There wasn't no Billy Blanks in there teaching him to dance along with Richard Simmons. He was just doing the tried and true. He was doing pull-ups. He was doing squat. He was doing push-ups. Listen, it's, it's doing what works is better than trying something new. But why are we so gullible that we're always looking for something new? Mm, we're going to think about it uh, this morning. Today's going to be a different type of message. I, I normally uh, only do this maybe once a year, twice a year, uh, where, where I preach this type of message because there's two major types of hermeneutics when it comes to to preaching. There's the Augustinian method, which is the method I follow, which is to read the word 
and understand it as it was written, to whom it was written. Stay inside the text and teach what those set of verses teach. That's an Augustinian hermeneutic. And the other is the Alexandrian hermeneutic. And I think the Alexandrian hermeneutic has wrecked theology in America. Because here's the Alexandrian hermeneutic. Read a scripture. Take something that it may loosely or strongly connect with and make present application to it. And I listen, I, I, when I used to listen to preachers all day, I would hear them. They'd read a verse, never even come back to the verse. They'd, tell, they'd go on to a story about a dog chasing a cat and ain't God good and let's take the offering. Well, that's not an Alexandrian hermeneutic all the way because they didn't even make context and they didn't, they didn't uh, bring an application. But it's always dangerous when you try to use an Alexandrian hermeneutic. But I will tell you this, there were times when Jesus did it. Now, it's not dangerous when Jesus did it because if Jesus um, quotes a portion of a verse of Scripture as Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days, so would he, he was using an Alexandrian hermeneutic. He wasn't teaching about Jonah. He was using that Scripture to springboard into an application that he was trying to teach them today. So what, why do I tell you all that? Because you're going to have to pay attention. You, you, you're going to have to follow along. And I, God has something that he wants you to get. In, in Genesis 26, 18, uh, we just read it. And the Bible tells us that Isaac redigs the same wells that his father Abraham had dug years before. Now, let me, let, me ch- let me act like we're in Wednesday night Bible study where we openly talk and have a lot of interactive discussion. And I love that format, by the way. Our Wednesday night service is the best service of the week. And let me, let me pretend like we're there in Abundant Life University talking to people who really follow the Bible. When Isaac redigs the wells that his father Abraham dug many, many years before, guess what he found? Woo-hoo! Give everyone who said or thought water a gold star because that's what he found. Now, it's not my intention today to explain to you these wells. That's a great study. You want a great study? Study the names of all the wells of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it is a complete, total look at life. The place where God brought me out of, the place where God brought me to, the place where God nourished me. All these different Hebrew names for these wells have meaning. I'm not going to teach a study today on digging wells, but I, 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 I want to grab hold of some truth that will motivate you to be successful in Christ because if you haven't noticed or been honest lately, most Christians aren't successful in their walk with Christ. Most Christians are struggling. Most Christians are, are fighting day in day, good, good days and bad days spiritually. Listen, you're going to have good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days in this life, but you don't have to have bad days spiritually. You can make sure that you have good days spiritually if you grab a hold of what God has to say to you. There's just too many Christians struggling uh, to find joy in the Lord because they're not working a plan that works. They're, they're doing what they think. Listen, if I went into a gym, if I went and joined a gym, and which I'm not going to, but if I went and joined a gym and they saw me walk in there um, in my current state of disrepair and I just walked around, they would send a trainer over to me and say, let me show you how this works. And I, I wouldn't tell them 
Uh, I was a master fitness trainer in the United States Army. I used to lead PT in, in, uh, for the military. I know how every one of those machines works, and, and I know how to find my way around a gym. But most people that go to a gym, they're not even working a plan that works. People go on a gym, you know what they do? If they don't know what to do, they get on the treadmill for a few minutes, uh, go to the water cooler 19 times, look around at all the other machines, and schedule the time for a tanning bed appointment. That's not a gym. You could have done that at the house, but you need a plan, say plan, and you need to work a plan that works. Isaac could have dug brand new wells, he had the money, he had the resources, he had the manpower, he, he had the knowledge, uh, he was raised in, in that type of nomad experience where there was traveling and well digging, but he was wise enough, hear me good, to understand he didn't have to reinvent the wheel. The problem, one of the problems, I believe, with Christianity in 2023 is people are looking for the new at the expense of the old. They're, they're, they're looking for the next big thing while they're ignoring what works. I love what John Wooden said about basketball. Some of you know who he is, some of you don't. He's, a, he's a, one of the most famous college basketball coaches in the world. He was a coach at UCLA when I think they won like uh, 8, 10, 12 titles in a row. And uh, he, people used to ask him all the time, uh, how do you do it? How do you do it? They had the most dominant program at the time. And so, somebody asked him one time, are, are, is your, are your teams always so well prepared because you spend a lot of time studying film of your opponent? And he said something that, that just blew every coach in the world back. He said, we never watch film of our opponent. He said, we, we, we play fundamental basketball. We execute every play to perfection. It doesn't matter what they do. You don't have to be bobbing and weaving against your opponent if you know what to do. You can just become Mike Tyson. Some of y'all don't. Some of y'all aren't sports nuts. You're like, I'm tired of your sports analogies. Listen, Mike Tyson got famous for saying this because uh, somebody told him, well, you know, you're facing this, this guy right here, and he says that, you know, he's got a great plan for, for the upcoming fight. He looked at him and said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mike Tyson didn't care nothing about you and your defense. If you were a counterpuncher, if you were aggressive or defensive, he didn't care ab about what you – because he was so good at what he did, which was knocking brothers out, that he just knew if he did what he was supposed to do, everything was going to fall into place. And most Christians aren't working a plan that works, and I want us to get a plan that works because chasing new fads, trying – new techniques, reading the latest self-help books, mixing voodoo in with Christianity, mixing in uh, new age theories, speaking to the universe, uh, uh, ask the universe to give you, all that is a blending of foolishness and faith. And we need to learn true theology from the word of God so that we can get a plan that works and be the people that God wants me to be. Let me say it again. Work a plan that works. Are you willing to do that? So you can go to the gym by yourself, fumble around in the room, and, and, and not make the gains that you need to make. You could go into business by yourself uh, and fumble around never knowing anything about business, and maybe you'll succeed and maybe you won't. Or you could do what smart people have done forever. You can find a plan that has worked before, and here it is, work it again. 
find a plan that worked for somebody else and work it for you because the plan works if you work it. And too many times the, the body of Christ has chased so hard after the newest fads that they've neglected the tried and true. And the tried and true is what works. That's why I told you these brothers come out of prison. Uh, and, and listen, I'll give you a little street code if you don't know. Uh, if you see somebody and they're, they're like 40 pounds more muscular than they were in the last time, and like, wow, man, what happened to you? You got swole. Oh, I was on vacation. The people around you smiling know what that means. You don't know what that means. That's code for I was locked up, and I've been doing push-ups nonstop uh, and pull-ups nonstop. But we need to get a plan, the tried and true. Don't let the bulldozer of the Trinity bury the things of the time. Uh, that, 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 that's why I don't get caught up in new fads in churches because I know what works, and I want to work a plan that works. And I promise you this. When churches stop singing this uh, bubblegum Christian uh, faddish music, the top 40 uh, crossover music, I can promise you this. The saints of God will still be singing Amazing Grace. They'll still be singing What Can Wash Away My Sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. After the laser light shows and the fog machines have burned out, uh, they, they, they're still going to be singing and preaching. The worship and the word, because that's what God builds his church on, is the worship and the word and some things that we're going to talk about today. Now, there's nothing wrong with new songs. Uh, the, you know, every song that there is was a new song at one point for somebody. Um, there's nothing wrong with multimedia. Uh, maybe, I mean, I don't know how you justify a fog machine. Uh, uh, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, but these churches that turn the lights down low, pump fog machines up on stage, uh, and have laser lights showing, they're just trying to look like the club. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are staring at me. But there's nothing wrong with what's new if it's used for God's glory. The mistake happens when you chase what is hip and cutting edge, and it takes precedent over what's holy and eternal. Listen, the old way still works. I can't make you believe it, but it's true. Some of you don't want to believe it, that it's got to be a better way. There ain't no better way. The old way is the better way. The, the, the things that worked before will still work now. We've just got to be willing to work them. Now, having said that, let me tell you, we, we, we've got to stay relevant. We've got to constantly look for ways to stay relevant with our culture, but we can't do that by abandoning the things that God has called us to do. All these people are like, well, Reverend, you know, it's a new it's a new day and age. Times change and people change and methods change. Listen, everything changes but God. God hasn't changed. The wages of sin is still death. Hell is still hot. Eternity is still long. Jesus still died, was buried, and rose on the third day so that he could be alive and give us life. These things are still tried and true. Oh, we don't want to hear about that. We want to hear about the latest prophetic word, Prophet Bobo, uh, levitate. I had a guy call me on stage said, God uh, told me in prayer. God gave me a word 
that I'm supposed to come and, and preach at your church? I said, well, I don't have a church. He said, aren't you the pastor? I said, yeah, this is the Lord's church. He didn't like that correction, but, you know, the Bible says if you correct wise people, they'll love you and grow wiser. If you correct foolish people, they will hate you. You can tell where a person's at spiritually just by how they receive correction. Mm. Uh, see, we got, good, we got good kids in this church. Uh, I brag on Marcus for a minute. Um, you know, I, I know he's scared of his mom, and that's why he's perfect. But uh, just, 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 just a good kid. And pe- people, people look at him and think, well, I wonder uh, what, what self-help books the Dixons raised him on. I wonder what New Age theology the Dixons. No, they raised him on fundamental parenting. And what worked for Grandma and them is still work today if you stop trying to be your kid's friend and start trying to be your kid's parent. In, in Jeremiah 6, 16, the Bible says, So now, the Lord says, stop right where you are, look for the old godly way, and walk in it, period. That's a complete statement. you got to stop and say, look for the old godly way. Well, I ain't, I ain't trying to be that old school holiness Bible reading kind of That's the only kind of Christian there is. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord and that God's word is the truth that sanctifies us. You got to find that old way, the way that worked for people before, because what worked then will still work now. God commands us to travel that path and you will find rest for your soul. That's what people need is rest for their soul. We live in a stressed out, wore out, haggard society. We live in a society where people can't sleep. Uh, because their mind won't stop racing. People can't wake up and go to work because they're too tired. They're taking pills to get up, taking pills to get down. Listen, we need rest for our souls, and it is found in traveling the path of the old ways. But we're still saying the same thing thousands of years later that they were saying in Jeremiah's day. Uh, That ain't what we want. Preach to us a seminar about uh, prophetic words, uh, speaking to my life, read my mail. You want to go somewhere where, where, where the man or woman of God can stand up and say, right over here is somebody struggling with pornography. That ain't prophetic words. You, you get more than five men in a room, somebody struggling with pornography. Half the men in this country are addicted to pornography. And here's a newsflash, so are the women. Oh, y'all don't want to hear the truth, but I'm going to tell it to you. Anyway, we, 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 Stand up there and, 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 and tell me that everything's going to be okay uh, and, 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 and my miracle's on its way. You hear that on, on mega churches all the time. Your blessing is coming. I, God is about to open up. God is about to rain down. Maybe you might be a martyr for the faith. You, 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 might, you might be the next great martyr from the faith. You, you might be, uh, listen. So, some of y'all get so, I, I've had people ask me, why do I quote Dr. King? Listen, I just, I just talk about people that have helped me, pe- people that have brought me along. Listen, wh- wh- where's all the righteousness and blessing and, 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 and money and, and cars and mansions uh, for Dr. King? Is that how his life ended up? With, with, a, with, with, a, with a turkey in every pot and a Cadillac in the driveway? No, they shot him dead at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. I've been there. I've stood on the balcony. Uh, listen, just it, everybody wants this get-rich-quick scheme through Christianity. Christianity ain't no get-rich-quick scheme. Christianity ain't no magic genie in a bottle. You just rub God, and he comes out and does whatever you want. 
There's blessing in following the Lord. But let me tell you what the big blessing is. Heaven forever. And we'd be better off to go through whatever we have to go through in this life to gain heaven forever than to get everything we could get in this life and lose our own soul. That would profit us nothing, the Bible says. So here, here's, a, here's two things I want to make sure that you get today out of this. Work a plan that works. Work a plan that works. And every word in this book is true. Look, you hear that? This is the plan. This is the plan right here. Uh, you read another book, that's great. I, I've got authors that I like to read that, that have blessed me. And listen, I read everything from, from Smith Wigglesworth to John MacArthur. And if you don't know the difference between Smith Wigglesworth and John MacArthur, you don't have to look that up. But trust me, they ain't riding the same theology bus. I read everything from Benny Hinn to Charles Stanley, uh, and they ain't riding the same theology bus either. And we, we, we've, we've got to understand that there are great men and women, people of God, that God has used to do great things, and they've written stuff that can bless you greatly. Um, I gave away the book, uh, Ian Bounds' book on prayer to everybody because it's one of the greatest books. Anybody wanted one, I gave it to them at, at a, a couple years ago in our church. It's a great book, but let me tell you what it ain't. It ain't the Bible. I, I've got study Bibles. I've got lots of different study Bibles, and they have the Bible up top and some commentary notes on the bottom. And I tell everybody, and I remind myself, there's some good commentary in my study Bible, but guess what? It ain't the Bible. And we got to learn how to work the plan. We got to learn that the plan is revealed to us in the written word of God. Secondly, we got to learn how to do what God has blessed before because he'll bless it again. You know why? He never changes. Can you say amen to that? This, to me, has been one of the most comforting truths about God in my soon-to-be 60 years on this planet. And I know why. Um, I, I, my, my family, my father walked out on us when I was a child. I've, I, I've been backstabbed and abandoned. I've been lied on and lied to. I've had people. If my, one of my children hear you say, oh, Pat, I just want to testify. I just, I love this church, and I love Pastor Scott. Pastor Scott led me to the Lord, baptized me and my children, and I just, I'm, I'm just going to love. I'm going to be here forever. My kids put the stink eye on you right then. Not because of what you've said, but because they've heard it a thousand times by liars. They've heard it a thousand times by people that didn't do it. It is so comforting to me and maybe to you too that God never changes. The God who was God when you first fell in love with him, when you first got saved and thought he was worth serving, he hasn't changed a bit. The God that made promises from the very beginning to Adam and Eve hasn't changed a bit. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love that about God. He is not going to change. Y'all know y'all been, been with some people that, that you, you thought you, you, you were down like four flat tires on a Lexus only to have them stab you in the back. Uh, I, I, that's why I laugh at all these. I, and I've used this example before. You find a bunch of girls Ava's age. Wave it everybody, Ava. You find a bunch. Of, she's like, her mom, thank you, mama. Help her. Uh, too, too, too beautiful to be that shy. Um, but you find somebody, was she 14? You find a bunch of 14-year-old girls, you're going to find a bunch of fake loyalty. Go ahead and look at some of their social media. My friends are my life. 
if you don't believe me, try me. I'll kill you over my friends. A week and a half later, Becky's a skank hoe. I hate her. Where are you at with Becky? All of a sudden, you used to be to ride or die. Be careful about ride or die, folks. Because if you know if you know more than three ride or die folk, two of them lying. I'm trying to help y'all. You live a little bit. The people you were, listen, very few people. Now, I had a best friend growing up uh, from the time I was 15 years old, uh, and we still talk to each other every day. Um, that's very rare in this life, to stay connected to people that used to be ride or die with you. But I want to tell you something. God will never change. If you, if you like what you like about God, that's good. You can like it forever. And whatever you don't like about God, you better get happy about it uh, because he ain't going to change to please us. And that's what America's been trying to do is to water God down to our level, to try to get God to be what we want him to be instead of worshiping the God who is. Now, if there was ever a time in your life that you know that you were right with God, that the blessing of God was on your life, that there was any joy at all in your heart spiritually, that tells me there were some things that you were doing back then that were proper, biblical. You were, you were following a good plan at some point. And if it's not there anymore or if it is lessened to any degree, then you must have stopped working what worked. You must have stopped working. It. I wasn't going to tell anybody. I just feel led to say it, and I just say whatever God puts in my head to say. And sometimes I'm right, and sometimes it's just me because I ramble a lot. Um, I wasn't going to talk about losing weight because I've, I've said so many times that I was going to lose weight. In, in the last two months, um, I have lost 21 pounds in the last month and a half-ish time frame. Um, and not one of y'all have noticed. <laughs> I, was, I was telling Elder Jimmy uh, this morning because he and I have always been the same weight until now, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as fat as he is finally. Uh, but I'm just messing with him. Uh, but we've always typically been the same amount of weight. I was telling him this morning av after I prayed with the deacons and the elders, uh, I, I told him to hang back because me, me and him got weight jokes all the time. I said, man, it, 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 I'm finally starting to recognize some of this weight loss. Because when you're fat like me, you lose weight all over. It, it don't always show up. But y'all haven't seen this shirt uh, in a long time because the last time I wore it, I looked down, and it was like that. And I'm like, mm, we're going to have to push this to the back of the closet. I can't. Uh, but it, it wasn't like this. Say, you're the only person that said something nice to me in that whole thing. I quit. Y'all trying to get me. <laughs> you wish it was that easy. But we'll hire somebody that don't preach long. Uh, okay, do what you do. Because I'll be in Costa Rica. But I didn't do P90X. I didn't join a gym. I haven't done one push-up in the last month and a half. I haven't lift, I ain't touched a weight. Um, I haven't walked. I'm just still me on the couch. You want to you know how I lost weight? Less eating. Calorie reduction. Number one weight loss program in the history of the world from day one. Shut your mouth. Yeah, stop. Yeah, hey, some of y'all like, oh, I'm lifting weights every day. 
right to my mouth. Boom, hey, you're doing your bicep curls. No, calorie reduction. I just, I, listen, I quit eating everything I could put in front of my face. I, I changed, I changed, uh, I don't really eat breakfast, but up until a month and a half ago for the last 20 years, when I wake up, I go pour a 32-ounce Dr. Pepper, and I grab two bags of chips. Uh, hopefully, it, it's uh, Ruffles, because we get the party pack with the small individuals. I would get a, a bag of Ruffles, a bag of Doritos, Cheetos, Fritos, whatever was in there, and I would knock down first thing in the morning 32 ounces of Dr. Pepper and two bags of chips. Are those good calories, Elder Keon? <laughs> they are not good calories. Those are what... People, people, uh, fitness instructors like Elder Keon call empty calories. So I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me just cut out a few things. I haven't had a donut uh, in a month and a half. Why? Because I just stopped, I just, because I'm like, I, well, I don't, I don't want to call anybody out, but there's a friend of mine in the room uh, that's like, man, if I sit down to a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, Rick's raising his hand. I mean, what, what good is one donut, Rick? Two, three. <laughs> His wife's holding up. Now he held it up. Six fingers. You got to have six. I'm usually four or five, uh, depending on how much milk I got in front of me. But I, go, I go in. But I decided, you know what? It's time for me to stop talking about it. And that's why I didn't tell anybody. Because I'm like, I'm not going to say. Some of y'all have heard me say I'm going to lose weight a thousand times. Or at least 20. Um, but what am I doing? I'm not looking for no trendy stuff. I'm just I'm just doing what Arnold told people to do. Ar Arnold said, "Eat whatever eat whatever you want to eat. Just work out more than you eat." Well, I'm not working out at all. So guess what? I'm not eating that much. And if you get a plan that works and you work it, then it's going to help you. Do what God has blessed before, and He'll bless it again. I promise you. We just need to get back to doing what we read in the beginning scripture. Redig, say redig. Redig the wells. Water represents life, re refreshing, advancing, growth. And if you want to have the refreshing of the Lord in your life, you need to redig some of the wells that have worked before because this is a great lesson we learned from Isaac, he didn't be, he didn't go out and dig all new wells. He just redug the ones that got stopped up, and there was still water there. And God's plan works if you work it. Some of you used to pray more. Uh, you need to redig those wells. What what got you praying uh, less? It wasn't God. It wasn't God failing you. It was people talk about. Oh, you know, Pastor, I'm dealing with a lot of church hurt. Oh, church hurt. Oh, Lord, uh, there, there ain't no church hurt. The, 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 the church is the bride of Christ, spotless without blemish. The church is the righteousness of God in Christ. The church didn't hurt you. People inside the church hurt you. A preacher hurt you. You let your feelings get too amped up on, on somebody, and they let you down, and you got offended by it. Listen, you've got to push everything away and start redigging. Say redig. You've got to redig those wells of prayer, because let me tell you something, they're still refreshing at the bottom of the prayer well. There, there is still energy and life to be had. Some of you used to give more thanks. You need to redig those wells. 
You used to have thank you, Jesus, in your mouth. I have been seeing it so much. I, I saw it um, at, at, a, at a retail store. I, I, I was walking through a store, and this, this lady walked up to the lady at the cash register, and uh, she greeted her um, in, in uh, Arabic. And, and they exchanged about five different things that I had to go look up. Alhamdulillah. Uh, God, God is great. Uh, so it's like we would say hallelujah. They say alhamdulillah. But the difference is you can hear a Muslim. You get around a Muslim, you'll hear them say alhamdulillah 50 times a day. You get around a Christian, you might hear them say pass me that beer and give me your lighter. Allahu Akbar. God is great. Uh, they, you, you, they, they, they let things come out of their mouth all the time. Now, what, am I advocating we leave Christianity for Islam? Absolutely not. But I'm saying we, you, people that have had success in Christ have thanks in their mouth. When God declared to us in the book of Hebrews what praise is, he said it's the giving of thanks from your mouth. You ought to be walking around, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You ought to greet people with a God bless you. You know, what's the first thing it, uh, Muslims say to each other when they meet, when they meet another Muslim? Salam alaikum. Well, salam salam. And they, 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 they bless each other in the name of the Lord. Why don't Christians do that? They, they don't even have a living God. We've got the only one true living God that there is. Jesus said that the only way to come to the real God is through him. And anybody not coming through Jesus ain't getting to the real God. We should be walking around. I've, I've told y'all so many times. Y'all know it frustrates me when I'm standing in line checking out somewhere and somebody sneezes and somebody 10 people deep in the line says, God bless you. Why we got to wait on somebody to sneeze to tell strength? Well, I don't want to push religion. Oh, but if they sneeze, it's okay. There are not enough people walking around with the, with the thanksgiving of God on their lips. And I've been looking and looking and looking, and uh, you need to be the one. You need to get people to join. We need more of a thank you, Jesus, verbiage in our life. You ought to just walk around your house when you're home alone. Thank you. Th I tell you what, first time I ever experienced it was uh, when the Potter's House was called Word of Faith Church. And we were just a small church on Seaboard Avenue with a couple hundred people going there. And we had this sister, I bet she weighed every bit of 400 pounds. White dress every week. And, and she would just get to bouncing. And she, thank you, thank you, ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody ever been around sister, thank you, Jesus? Let me tell you what. We need more of that, not less of that. Well, I think she was putting on. Oh, because you're evil-minded. Ouch, you can say it. Y'all sitting up there judging people up here singing. Oh, that, that, that's just extra. Well, uh, listen, I'd rather you be extra than not enough. I'd rather you be too fired up with people like, well, I, I, I just don't want to. Well, she's so heavenly minded. She ain't no earthly good. There's no one too heavenly minded to be earthly good. The more heavenly minded we get, the more good we do in the earth. And we need to thank you, Jesus, on our mouth. And I, I listen, I almost, I almost said it, but that's just preacherism. I almost dared you. I'm tired of preachers daring folk to love God. But, but I would love to see somebody just, just begin to be more old school. 
in, in our praise and worship. Ain't nothing wrong with praising God, dancing before God, lifting your hands to God, shouting hallelujah, sing, singing to Him a new song, pray, praying to Him in something only He can understand. There ain't nothing wrong with what's worked in the church for thousands of years, and now we just want to come to church, get three little songs that we don't connect to in our spirit, have some little short sermonette, uh, Pre preach by a preacherette to Christianettes sucking on cigarettes, eating in dinettes because they ain't been delivered yet. That's all we see in church today. Oh, you, you think Pastor Scott preaches long. Be glad you didn't go to Grandmama's church. Start, start at, at, at 11 o'clock slash 11.30, uh, and go on to how late, y'all? 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock. We ain't going home. One of the funniest things I ever saw on white comedy, this, this uh, white comedy, clean comedy, uh, this white dude, a pretty clean comic, he married to an African-American woman. He's like, he had no idea. He said, well, he knew he was facing some differences when he married her. He said, but then I went to her church. He said, and oh, black people do church a whole different way than white people do. In my church, we were there for 20 minutes, and you kept your mouth shut. He said, I went to church with my wife. That man sitting next to me, he just all of a sudden, like he had Tourette's or something, he just screamed out, preach it. I said, <laughs> disrupting the preacher. Somebody else yelled, amen, that's right. I said, <laughs> and they just kept doing it. And this went on for hours. And I finally thought, if they'd shut up telling him to keep going, he'd shut up. They teach in megachurches. I've been there. They teach never go more than 59 minutes because you don't want to get to an hour because people won't come back. When last time you saw a blockbuster Hollywood movie that lasted less than an hour? You know, if the average person just gave weekly, and I ain't talking about you tithing folks, don't back up, but if the average person just gave what it would cost to see a movie at Epic in Orange Park or in Oakley, Go, go, go see a movie at a big theater, uh, at, at a movie theater with, with reclining chairs. Grab you a popcorn, a drink, and a candy bar. How much? 60 bucks. That's right. Absolutely. You, you, you're going to be between 50 and $60 for that. And you're going to sit in there, watch the previews, hang out, and hope the movie comes back on, and never complain about it at all. But what happened to church? From grandmama's time to our time, it became business. Get them in, get them out, keep them happy, they'll give money. Ain't nothing in the Bible that says that. In, in the Bible it says, uh, Paul preached so long that a man sitting in a window upstairs fell out onto the ground and killed himself. I thought that happened with your mom that one day when we were a little church in the school. She was sitting right where you're sitting. No, right where Connie's sitting but on the edge, and I just happened to be looking at her, and she went right into the, we had ambulance come in, they stretched her out, I thought, Lord, I, did, I, did I preach too long? <laughs> but she was fine, God picked her up off that stretcher, uh, she didn't even go to the hospital that day, I don't think, um, li listen, we try to make church fit the world. 
they got this whole seeker sensitive movement well you gotta you gotta gear all your songs think about how it looks to the unsaved people uh, let, let me tell you something if you're here and you're unsaved you can't connect to the majority of what we're even talking about you can't worship god because you ain't in love with god you can't receive the things of the spirit the way saved people can because the bible says that unsaved people don't receive the things of the spirit uh, but we we've made church the arm of evangelism for America, and like just, just uh, uh, let's get all the lost people we can get to come to church so they can get saved. Well, that's a great plan if they get saved. But if you if you sing worldly songs, get them in, get them out, and never teach them anything about holiness, righteousness, and resurrection, they're never going to get saved. They're never going to change, and you just end up with a church full of lost people doing business together. Oh, we got to redig these wells of thanksgiving. I promise you this. If you just, if the only thing you do is you start thanking God out of your mouth consistently, your whole life will change. You get up in the morning, and the first thing you say is, good morning, God. Thank you for this life that you've given me today. Thank you for this day, God, and I will serve. You just, from the daybreak to the evening, from the time you open your eyes to the time you close your eyes, you just start saying, thank you, Jesus, 500 times a day, and you watch heaven open up over you, and your life will change. God's a creator. The devil's an imitator. I, I, I hear God's name invoked more by silly little girls faking of accent that they don't have. Listen, nobody outside of the valley in California speaks like that. Oh, my God. Are you going to take three letters and make four syllables? Ooh. Oh, I just, I just love your outfit. You're so cute. You're going to take four letters and make five syllables? Where are we going with this foolishness? This, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, that is blasphemous. That, that is evil to say out of your mouth. That is usually invoking God's name in a negative image. If we had as many people saying, thank you, God, as we have walking around saying, OMG, OMG, get OMG out your mouth and get thank you, Jesus, in your mouth. Your whole life will change. Oh, man, that's better than the cost of admission. Half y'all ain't going to pay nothing anyway. Not, not only prayer and thanksgiving, but some of you used to read the word more. Some of you, I, I, I've, I've given testimonies before about how in my early days of salvation, I slept with my Bible. I'm not saying you have to, I slept with mine. You ain't going to have to sleep with yours. I kissed it goodnight before I went to bed. That's a little excessive, but I, 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 was, I was just learning how to love God. And uh, I, I was just, just always, I wanted to be reading the Bible before I fell asleep, reading the Bible when I go to bed. We got some people now, listen, I do it myself. Turn on audio Bible. You're like, well, you can't hear it anyway. Sure I can. I, I hear it in my sub. I hear it in my spirit. My 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 inner man is getting strengthened while while I'm sleeping. It would turn on white noise, rainforest sounds. You buy some little machine set by your bed and have some hoot owl hooting in the background so you can fall asleep. Trust me. Put on the word of God. The devil lets you fall asleep. You ain't even gonna have bad dreams. You're gonna sleep so hard that he's gonna try to make sure you don't even hear it in your subconscious. Some of y'all, you I, and, and I've told that story about going to bed, and I've had people say, oh, yeah, Pastor, I, I, I still sleep with my Bible, and I'm thinking, really? 
You come to church once every three months. You don't pay tithes and offerings. You don't serve in any single ministry at all in the whole church. But you sleep with the Bible on your chest? Why? Now, I'm talking about people who really used to read the Word of God. I'm telling you, God sent me here today to tell you, redig that well, Christian. Redig that well of Bible reading. Get back, dig in this book the way you used to when you loved God. Oh, I still, okay. Now, this message ain't for you because you're perfect already. Some of you used to worship more. Some of you used to worship God more. Redig those wells of worship. Oh, man, I remember, uh, listen, don't email me. I know all Clint Brown's dirt and trash and drama. I ain't, I ain't advocating Clint Brown as a model for Christianity, uh, but that brother can sing. And when he came out with, with his black and white uh, double disc set, man, I wore that thing out. It was the keys of the piano, not, not skin color, but it related a lot to it. Anyway, it, I used to just have it on lock, just boom. Let's, let's, some of y'all used to listen to praise and worship all day, all night. You used to sing. You, people just be looking at you crazy. You just be walking in, 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 into Walmart. Uh, what a mighty God we serve. Y'all don't know those old songs. Uh, but what happened? Oh, you let a little R&B get in your way. Mm. You let a little country music get in your way. Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the basic breakdown. R&B, somebody's going to have sex. Country, somebody's going to get drunk and the dog's going to die. You can just do away with all that right now. I just explained the whole thing to you. Rock music, somebody's going to kill somebody. That's it. That's the whole game right there. You think I'm kidding? Do your research. Black people traditionally have listened to songs about sex. White people, uh, rockers, have traditionally listened to songs about anarchy and killing and rebellion and hating people uh, or, or songs about getting drunk and a dog dying. My wife left me all alone. She took the dog. And the cell phone. Lee, you ain't got no time to be listening to that kind of foolishness. I'm going to help you. You used to listen to worship music. Average, let, let me tell you something. If we listen to worship music, and if you're smart, you're going to figure out I'm cutting the line right down the middle racially. But there, there, there are half the people in this room have no idea in, in the world who John P. Key is. They, they could not uh, begin to tell you who, who John P. Even worse, half the people in this room couldn't tell you who Marvin Sapp is or sing a Marvin Sapp song with a gun pointed at him. Highest recording artist in the history of Christian music, by the way, and half the body of Christ don't even know who he is. Why? Because we don't, we don't, we don't dig deep on worship. The other half don't know who Dave Crowder or Chris Tomlin are and couldn't sing you a Chris Tomlin song if you put a gun to their face. Another top-selling worship leader in, in the world. I don't care what kind of worship music you listen to, but I'm going to tell you something. You ought to have it in your mind on lock. You ought to be walking around. Uh, that, 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 that song, I, I, I was sitting, uh, standing over here, hands lifted up, worshiping God without people staring at me because I don't like being stared at. Uh, when, when, when I'm trying to be intimate with God and li listening to Deacon Dixon, listen, si sing that song. I'm going to tell you something. You, you, be you better have a love for God. You, be you better be amazed uh, by, by when, 
you think about how much God loves you, when you think about the fact when, when, when God embraces us, allows us, when, when, when they sang that song, you ought to be walking around all day long saying, yeah, he is a way maker, miracle worker. You ought to have it on your lips. What do we got? What do we got on our lips? One, two, three, and to the foe. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope, ready to make an entrance. So back on up, because I'm about to bust a bleep. But give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together. Now you know we're in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing. Too loped out. Bleep. So we're. Yeah. All my exes live in. Uh huh. I got friends in low. Is my point proved? Y'all want me to sing 30 more songs? Let y'all know y'all know the words to those. <laughs> John said just 10 more. <laughs> you do the singing, I'll do the preaching. You're better at it than I am. Um, well, we got to redig these wells. So far. The body of Christ is meant to worship God. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? He said, Father is seeking worshipers. Where are you at? It's been so long. I don't know that it's ever happened in this building. One of y'all go ahead and make it happen uh, next week. Um, we used to have people come to the altar and worship God, lay down in the front of the room. Listen, we, we need to get to the place where worship is expressive, where worship is what worship is intended to be. We need to redig these wells, get down deep and nitty-gritty and learn how to pour our love out on God. There's somebody in this room that knows how to worship God. You need to be down front next week. I wouldn't recommend hold your breath. Don't, don't say it like that, Pastor. Well, prove me wrong. But we need to redig the wells of worship. You ought to have worship music in your house. You ought to have worship music in your car. The saints of old, they sang songs to God. Listen, uh, hey, I was raised on the west side of Jacksonville. I, 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 I've been in, in, in and out of all the places where all these southern rockers, uh, listen, we, got, we still got people singing decades a after Leonard Skinner died. Screaming out every every bar, every karaoke room in America, somebody's gonna scream out, uh, "Play Freebird!" So who beat me to it, Rick? That's hey, why. How dare you ask me last week? Why you always or today? How you always call on me when it's about music? Why wouldn't I? Free. Listen, people walking around. Give me three what? Yeah, we people got these songs of dead people on lock in their mind. I ain't even got broke into Michael Jackson yet. I had to work on my upper hee hee hee. Turn everything off. Even on a trial run, turn everything off for 30 days and listen to worship music and sing from your inner person. I'm talking about, and, and you've heard me talk, and I've heard people say, Pastor, that's never happened to me. Well, keep doing it till you do it. Because if you haven't recently been riding down the road, overtaken in a spirit of worship, sobbing, snot drunk, Jesus, uh, to the point where you realize 
I'm not even paying attention. I need to pull over right now before I kill myself, and I, I, I can just sit here. Listen, people ain't doing that, but you know what you can hear. If your speaker sounds like that, you got a raggedy sound system. Get that. If it's rattling my rear view mirror, you, you turn that foolishness off. <laughs> Ain't nobody got that cranked up on. <laughs> that ain't my group. That ain't that ain't my jam. That's what's the problem. You know whose jam it was? The saints of old. And those wells have been dug, and you need to redig them. You dug them at one point. You drank out of that well of, of worship at one point in your life. If you're saved, you need to get back to the, to the point where you redig in those wells of worship. Not only that, but some of you used to give more money to God. Ouch. There they go. Talk. Do you know who gets upset when money's mentioned? Stingy folk. I already told you. The, the root word of miserable is miser. You need to learn how to be generous with everything. Generous with your time. Generous with your compliments. Generous with your affection. Generous with your smile. Generous with your helps. You need to be generous in, in how you pour your love out. And generous in giving God money. Well, I don't have any money. Hogwash. Everybody in America's got money. Well, that's easy for you to say. Uh, uh, live, li listen, I, I'm going to tell y'all, because I, I get tired of, well, you live in a glass house, we're going to throw rocks. You shouldn't. I, I, I hear people say, mm, must be nice. Mm, I saw your house online, Pastor. You, you got two people living in that house? Yeah, about to be one. Um, oh, must be nice. I lived in a trailer on a dirt patch for over a decade, and I saved hundreds of thousands of dollars and put myself in a position where I could do better. We need to redig these wells of giving. There are people in this room right now, and I'd ask you to raise your hand, but then somebody raised their hand that's faking it, and I'd have to call them out, so don't raise your hand. But there are people in this room right now that could tell you God blesses them financially when they give. That giving unto God works. That God can be trusted. Some of, some of you need to redig those wells of giving. Because we have got to do better than that. If we're going to stay a church, we've got to do better than the national average. The national average in America of people that go to church is less than 2% of the people give God a dime out of a dollar. If, if you don't think that God deserves a dime out of a dollar, if it bothers you to give 10, 10 cents to the Lord, if it bothers you to give 10% of what God allows to come your way back to God, don't walk around singing Waymaker. Don't walk around saying, my God shall supply all my need. No, there, 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 there's requisite, prerequisites on this stuff. And we need to get in a place where God can bless us and for that to happen, some of you are going to have to redig the well of tithes and offerings. Some of you, you used to serve God more. Used to serve God more. Used to be, well, I had to take a break. Okay. You, we, we saved a spot for you. Where you at? Where, where you at? Why, why, why don't we have a, a, 
a half dozen or more people asking Elder Keon on Wednesday night, can I sit in with you? I'll, I'll help, you know, uh, do whatever you need me to do. Children's church, the same way. Thursday, let's find out. Let's find out Thursday at 9 o'clock. Well, are you going to, listen, if you want me to come and mess my neck and back up doing manual labor, which I'm not supposed to lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk, I'm, I'm guessing those boxes are heavier than a gallon of milk. Um, do what God calls you. See, the Bible says that I should give myself to prayer and to study of the word. And I promise you, I will be praying Thursday morning at 9 o'clock that somebody shows up to help Rick and whoever else shows up to unload these boxes. We need to serve more. God blesses servitude. And some of you used to endure more. Say endure. I like to have you say words that I know nobody's living. Um, so to give you a thought. We live in a quitter's society. We live in a give up society. Marriage hit a rough patch. You're just going to get you a new one. Wife turns 40, you want to trade her in on two 20s. Listen, they're going to turn 42. Say what you got. <laughs> we live in a throwaway society. We're like, oh, it's broke. Uh, we used to fix stuff. We used to, we used to fix stuff. We used to cook stuff. Now we heat stuff. You ought to go home to your house today, and you ought to take them instant grits and throw them in the bottom of the trash can. You make no instant grits for a grown man. Ain't a grown man that want no instant grits. You take your time to make some instant grits. You go in your cabinet, grab, grab that can of beans, throw that in the bottom of the trash can. Go buy you some dry beans, soak them all night long, let them cook all day with some ham hock in them, and now you got something worth eating. I'm going to get y'all to praise something. Y'all praise ham hock and, and, and beans. Uh, we just don't have patience for anything as a society. We want what, microwave popcorn. Well, I miss Jiffy Pop. But what I really miss is that old big pot because I had it on perfection. Here's the thing. Some of y'all never made real popcorn. I'm talking about where you take up that tall pot and you pour enough oil in it to cover the base. And then you pour enough kernels in it to cover the base. And then you can shake the death out of that thing for 10 minutes till it's done. <laughs> I just pop it in the mic. We're so lazy. You, when, when microwave popcorn first came out, it had the time on the back of the bag how long you're supposed to pop it. You know what microwaves have now? They printed popcorn on the button. Well, God forbid you got to look at it. It says three minutes and 30 seconds on the back of the bag. <laughs> Throw away society. Don't want to work for anything. Don't want to endure. Give up on stuff too soon. The Bible said don't give up too soon. The blessing might be on its way. And the Bible says only those who endure to the end shall be saved. All of God's promises are to those who endure. This ain't a get in it and get out of it kind of religion. This is an all in, no holes barred. This is me until I die and go to heaven and spend eternity with God. 
You want, you want Christianity to be your religion of choice? You want salvation to be real to you? You need to understand, this ain't no part-time lover relationship. This is all in forever. We got to learn how to endure. I didn't like that song they sang. I think I'm going to find a new church. If you're coming to church for the singing, you missed the whole point. We, we, we sing because God told us to, not to impress you. I love what the one preacher said when, when, when the church member said, well, I didn't really like the song selection today. And the preacher said, well, that, that's great. That's, that's fine because we weren't singing for you. Now, some of you never worked a plan that works, so you can't even redig a well, but you need, you need to get a plan that works as a child of God, and it ain't going to be a new plan. You know why? I can guarantee you on the authority of God's word that if you want a successful plan for your relationship with God, it cannot be a new plan. Well, how do you know something new ain't going to work? Because the Bible already said there's nothing new under the sun anyhow. It's the old ways that work. It's, it's, it's a, it, you got to plan your work and work your plan. So here's what, here's what we need to do. We need to pray about it. We need to pray all the time about everything. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says pray without sin. You ought to be in prayer all the time. You ought to be in constant prayer all the time. Secondly, you ought to spend time every day, all day, thanking God for what you have. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you. You want to know what God's will for you is? Thank him for every. If your car cranks when you get in it to leave this place, the majority of people are not going to say, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because we got it too easy. Anybody here that's my age, oh, we used to thank God when it cranked. Connie, when I first started going to Hillcrest, all y'all looked so rich compared to me. Um, I was a little dope dealer, uh, in and out of jail, struggling, doing bad, had no, no father figure in my life. I saw all these normal looking people and I was driving my old white Dodge and I used to get in that parking lot surrounded by Cadillacs and rich Baptist people and I thought oh Jesus please 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 let it crank because back in the day you used to have to be an expert to crank a car nobody in the world I didn't, I didn't have to lock my doors I could leave the keys in my car you couldn't crank it anyway how, how many of y'all remember you used to have to pump the gas pedal to crank a car you don't do that now it, it's fuel injected. You pump the gas pedal now, you mess up the fuel injector. But some, some of y'all know, if, if you had a car like that, you, you had to figure out how many times to pump the gas or what would happen. You'd flood the carburetor. And nobody could crank my car because it was some magical number, somewhere between three and not, uh, between two but not quite three, a little two and a half, and it just hold it. And it'd crank, and I said, thank you. Same thing walking away from it. Some of y'all used to have a car. Like, my car, same. Man, I'd turn that car, and it'd be like, and I'd be, please let it stop. Please. I'd be walking away from it, asking God, please let it stop. Please let all the rich people judging me. Please let it stop. You ought to thank God if your car cranks. Walk home, your home ain't been broken into and burnt to the ground. You ought to thank God it's still there. Not only that, we need to start reading our Bible. The Bible says that this book is full of living power, and we need to get to it. Let me hurry up. We need to sing every day. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. You want to rush up on God in prayer. Hey, God, please help me. Uh, what, did, did you say good morning? 
Did you say, I love you? Did you say, thank you? Did you sing a song uh, to, to come into his presence? Number five, we got to give tithes and offerings. I don't believe in it. Uh, it. It doesn't matter. The truth's the truth anyhow. In Leviticus 27, 30, the Bible says the tithe is holy to the Lord. The Bible teaches that giving is an act of worship. If you don't give, it, it's because your heart don't love God enough. Because I promise you this, <clears throat> Elder Jimmy goes to a game at Wrigley Field to see those wayward Chicago Cubs play. He don't care what the ticket price is. If they raise the ticket price $2, you going to say, I ain't going no more. The ticket's just too high. You, you give, you do what you love to do. I used to, my mama used to say it all the time. Cigarettes ever get $3 a pack, she's going to quit smoking. Didn't work that way. I, I'm so old now, I, I used to hear people older than me say, if gas ever gets to a dollar, I'll buy a horse. They missed their chance. Because uh, you, can't, you can't afford a horse. Hey, we can't even afford eggs in today's world. How you going to buy a horse? <laughs> Number six, you need to serve God in tangible ways. Show up on Thursday. Show up on Saturday. Do acts of kindness all week long. Find a ministry to get involved. Come tonight. Learn how to crochet or just sit around God's people and get encouraged and be an encourager. Galatians 6.10 says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to them who are the household of faith. That word man is not gender specific. That's all humans. You ought to do good to everybody. Everywhere you go, you ought to be looking for a way. You ought to be the one that wants to hold the door. You ought to be the one that wants to help somebody. You ought to be the one that wants to say something encouraging, greet somebody uh, in the name of the Lord. We need to learn how to serve God in tangible ways more often. And last, endure at what you're doing. Endure at whatever God has you going through. Some of y'all... Uh, are, are literally going through hell right now. I'll tell you what the old preacher said. If you're going through hell, what? Keep going. Keep going. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Keep going. There's a blessing for those who endure. Keep going. Too many quitters in this world. Participation trophies have ruined this country. And, and, and we, we, we used to understand there, there was a way to win. And we knew because we, knew, we had good coaches that, that smack us in the back of the head and tell us, look here, boy, winners never quit, and quitters never win. And that's still true today. Stay with God's plan. Don't ever give up. Don't be the one that, well, I used to be in church. I used to sing in the choir. I used to, used to, used to, used to, used to. No, don't give up. Stand your post for God. Be on the front lines for God. Redig the well of prayer. Redig the well of thankfulness. Redig the well of Bible reading. Redig the well of praise and worship. Redig the well of giving and serving and enduring. Because it's a plan that works if you're working. If everything in your life isn't perfect, start redigging these seven wells. And it'll give you a perfect life. Maybe not as you see it, but as God sees it. But one thing I know for sure that it'll give you that we desperately need, rest for your soul peace in your inner spirit God is able to give that to you some of y'all wonder why you don't have it it's time out for people saying I'm waiting on God to do something for me and we need to start doing something for him he already did the greatest thing we could ever hope for in sending his son to the cross to die for us and if you've never been saved you need to understand that sin separates people from God 
and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you'll accept the payment Jesus made for your sin on the cross of Calvary and believe that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If you tried that before and it didn't work, do it again. If you're here and you're a Christian at all, start redigging. Start redigging. Go back to that book in the Bible you used to like and read it again. Go get that old CD that used to, used to keep your mind on God and jam it again. Because what's happening right now in this country is not working. It is not working. This country is lost and on its way to hell for sure. Last thing I'm going to tell you, everybody got mad at, at President Obama when they shouldn't have. When President Obama said that America is not a Christian nation, pastors all across America went crazy. And this ain't a Christian nation. Believe it. It's exactly what he said it is. It's a nation with some Christians in it. But it's also a nation with some Jews in it. And a nation with some Muslims in it. And a nation full of people that don't have any religion at all. You can't change what's going on all over the world. Redig your well. If you don't, have, if you never dug wells, you can read. You can do. You can do exactly like a, uh, uh, our, our text says. You can redig the wells that were productive before. These are the productive wells for the believer. And I want you to start digging and pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this instruction. Lord, I pray that you'd take us back where we first found you in our hearts God not physically but spiritually take us back to a place where we love to pray to you take us back to a place where we where we love the songs that honor you more than the songs that dishonor you take us to a place God where we'd rather read the Bible than technology and television help us God to be more word focused and less selfish Father I pray that you would let rivers of living water spring up from the inside of your children of refreshing and life. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name for every saved person in this room. God, I ask you to fill us with your spirit to overflow. God, let signs and wonders, gifts and miracles follow us everywhere we go. God, I pray for every person who's unsaved. God, I pray that you'd let them come to a saving knowledge of your love and your grace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.